Hello everybody and welcome to Bitch and Brew, a podcast about music, life and everything in between. My name is Danny Randon, I as ever am your host. I'm going to keep this intro uh, brief to an extent, a little bit more concise than I usually do my intros, just because life has been super, super busy and hectic at the moment. I'm actually currently recording this. Obviously, I usually record this at home, but I'm actually recording this sat in my car in a multi-story car park in Southampton. That's just how super hectic life is. But anyway, this is episode number 31, and it feels rather apt and almost, you know, it's completely coincidental, really, uh, that I'm putting it out on October 31st. So if you're listening to this on the day I'm putting it out, thank you very much, and I hope you're having a uh, a spoopy old Halloween. I'm probably going to be spending mine uh, at the cinema, the best place to be on Halloween. I'm going to probably go and watch, um, well, Halloween, the, the, the original, the OG, which I've never actually seen. I can hear some of you tutting already at that, but yeah, I've never actually seen it. Um, and then I'm probably going to go see the sequel straight afterwards. So a nice little double feature of uh, of Halloweeny goodness. But that's not what you tuned in to hear about. You didn't tune in to hear about my my plans for Halloween. You probably tuned in uh, to hear the chat that I had very recently with uh, someone who is a brilliant musician and also someone I'd like to think I can call him a friend at this point for all the times that we've you know, hung out and had beers and I've interviewed him a couple of times and now we've done this together. I'd like very much to call him a friend. His name is Jock Norton and he is the lead singer and guitarist of a band called Puppy. Now Puppy, uh, if you don't know that much about them, they're a three-piece. They're from the sort of London area, I suppose, and I always find it quite hard to describe what Puppy do on a sort of sonic level because... The phrase alternative rock, which I have here in my notes, I mean, that phrase is kind of vague in itself anyway, but it barely scratches the surface on on what Puppy are, because there are bits of alternative rock and there's tons of sort of 90s throwbacks. I know Jock is a huge fan of Weezer and there's, you know, loads of, uh, loads of sort of Smashing Pumpkins vibes coming off of them, especially with Jock's voice. He's kind of got that Corgan-esque falsetto. Um, but there's something a little bit more macabre about them, tons of... Uh, Tons of like ghost vibes and uh, sort of you know uh, goth rock vibes coming off of them as well, especially aesthetically. And then just um, well, I don't know how else to put it, but just massive fuck off riffs. Seriously, just some of the best riffs coming out of the UK right now are coming from Puppy. So, you know, we do talk a little bit about where Puppy are going, um, you know, sonically at the moment. This was recorded on their UK headline tour and the band are currently gearing up to finally release their debut album. I'm so excited to hear it. It's called The Goat and it's going to be out on January 25th on Spine Farm Records. Um, Just to go to show how busy I am, I've actually got the album already, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I am so Sorry, boys, if you are listening, I promise I will actually get round to listening to it, but I am very excited to listen to it indeed. Um, like I said, we recorded this uh, back in September um, on the band's UK headline tour when they stopped by in Southampton. Uh, it was actually Jock's birthday. Um, really, really uh, grateful for Jock to take, uh, take an hour out of his birthday to chat to me. Um, I baked him cake, as we talk about. Um, quite a challenge for me actually I'm not the best baker on the planet but I, I decided to message him knowing it was his birthday before we recorded just going oh what sort of what sort of cake do you want I'll pick up a cake um not intending to bake it at all and he said oh that's that's very lovely of you anything that's vegan because he he uh, doesn't eat meat or dairy and I was like 
Uh, it'd be a bit weird if you had meat and a cake anyway. He doesn't eat dairy, is what I'm trying to say. So I was like, ooh, okay. So I thought I'd set myself a challenge and do a little bit of vegan baking. Not being a vegan myself, but I baked a li uh, vegan lemon drizzle cake. And it was fucking lovely. I've done it a couple more times since. So I was that sort of, if, if I can toot my own trumpet how good my vegan baking skills were. Um, if you are indeed vegan and a mate, then just ask me for some drizzle cake next time. And I'll see if I can fit some time in my ever busy schedule to bake you a vegan lemon drizzle cake um sorry let's uh let's move on uh the uh, other reason you probably tuned into this podcast um is and this is the first time i've done this in a little while um i love doing this sort of thing we've got uh, an exclusive single premiere from a band who have been on my radar for a little while and they should certainly be on yours um definitely after you hear this new single from them the band is called sibling and um you know what? i'm gonna leave it there trust me though you are going to want to hear this so stay tuned i'm going to be playing that towards the end of the show um but for now let's uh, crack on for uh, with my chat with jock norton from puppy now usually i know i do play a track or two by the band unfortunately we couldn't get clearance to play uh, a full track from uh, from puppy but that's quite all right they let us play a, a 30 second snippet so i'm going to play a track which uh, they released recently um from this uh, debut album the goat i absolutely love it i think it's one of the best tracks they've ever put out um so yeah i'm going to um i'm going to shut up now and let you hear a little snippet of puppy's latest single black hole uh, but stay tuned to bitch and brute for a chat with puppy's singer and guitarist jock norton right after this puppy black hole Well, I did just want to start by saying happy birthday. Thank you very much. I'm not going to sing you the song because oh, that's it's, my, I, I my feel parents like did it this morning. It's cool. What over the, like over the phone or something? Yeah, over you? yeah. I had it over over Facebook video chat. Yeah. Oh, lovely. I was actually in a cafe when they called, so they sang it loudly in the cafe. It was quite embarrassing. Did you have it like on speaker or something? It kind of automatically went on speaker, so oh. they, they could just see me, and they just started. There was no, I didn't have time to tell them yeah. to stop. But I think you know they didn't care. You know, neither did I really. It was, it was lovely. Well, there's uh, probably no better place you uh, you wish you could be on your birthday than in sunny, relatively it, Southampton. It is pretty relatively sunny. Hey, man, I, we we spent a lot of time recording in Southampton. I've I've grown very fond of it mm. over the last over the last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I remember the the first the first time we met was actually in Southampton at that creep show at the 1865. Yeah, that was the. Was that when we would? Yeah, that was when we did that tour. The creeper, yeah, and milk teeth and energy. Uh -huh. Yes, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those um, boys. Wait, was there someone else? Yeah, that was it. It was the four of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, um, sort of joined in on a little game that Will and Billy had against you uh, called Sock Norton. Hard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't played that in a while. Actually, I'm hoping they won't listen to this and, and remember the game. <laughs> that was. It was a good game, though. Yeah, it got. It got a lot of. Uh, 
picked up a lot of traction on that tour. I mean, what was the origin of Sock Norton? Because most, think... most people, they either go out and they, they skate or they, you know, play Fortnite or uh-huh. something. Or, uh-huh. I mean, Will was pretty buzzing that he had that like they set up the snares up here yeah that is pretty cool maybe that'll maybe that'll mean we'll lay off a bit of sock norton today <laughs> but if we don't have one tomorrow it may the game may make a return so what was the origin of sock norton i think i i did something and accidentally ended up with a sock on my shoulder so which i didn't realize was there for a very long time and everyone found it really funny and then for a few days afterwards socks were occasionally placed on my soul my on my shoulders for as long as possible and it's sort of right. like a bucking bronco type thing yeah. do you know what I mean the longer the socks on the shoulder without me noticing the higher the score <laughs> <laughs> the score's got pretty high because I'm not who, very who, good at uh, I mean, what's is, going around me is there an end to it who won who won <laughs> sorry that's I like think, a, I, think, I think we all won to be honest <laughs> that's like the, uh, <laughs> that's that's like the David Mitchell sketch isn't it <laughs> who wins the football <laughs> <laughs> the football all the time yeah sort of yeah that is it's our version of the Premier League to be honest because it just keeps going and keeps going <laughs> and, it's, and it's always brilliant and it's, and it's, and it's the, you know, the, highest, the highest level in the world of Sock Norton played, <laughs> which is very important to us. Has anyone ever tried to do it while you're playing? Not yet, not yet, um, but, you Tonight know, it throwing down the gauntlet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if anyone manages. You've been warned. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, Jock, welcome to, uh, welcome to Bitch and Brew. Thank it's, you, thanks it's for lovely, having me, man. It's lovely to have you on at last. I know we've been trying to meet up for the last year or so. You've been, obviously, down in Southampton quite a lot about, you know, what is it, a year ago now that you recorded the album? Um, it was kind of over the pros, like, over the course of about, I think we first started actually tracking June 2017. Right. That's when we first went in for some initial tracking wow. stuff. Um, and we did about five songs there. Um, and then we kind of changed producer halfway through um, and ended up coming down here and doing it with Neil Kennedy, the mm. kind of lion's share of the album's done with Neil Kennedy, um, who um, obviously it, recorded Creeper. He's uh, amazing. Local heroes, yeah, yeah. exactly. And Milk yeah. Teeth. And, and Milk Teeth, yeah, yeah. He's done, done tons of really good stuff. And he's just a really good guy really um, mm. really cool um, so yeah we spent a lot of time in Southampton and I kind of came down and did a lot of mixing together and um, so I was back and forth quite a lot over a period of about I think starting from January this year <clears throat> maybe up until March I'd say between right. January and March I was kind of like back and forth yeah quite a lot yeah uh, and I guess the the ranch, which is you know Neil Kennedy's studio out there, it's sort of on the outskirts of Southampton. It's yeah. It's nice that it's not sort of directly in the city. It's in the country. And yeah, yeah. It's not. You can, it's sort of yeah. It's out the way, and it's like, you know, it's close enough to if you wanna, if you wanna get a cab into town or whatever you can, which I did on on several occasions. Um, uh, and but it's yeah. It's also yeah. It's a nice little kind of remote thing. Mm. Um, you know, on weekends there's no one else kind of working around there, so it's just kind of you. And yeah, it was wicked, man. I, I had a blast, and um, yeah, it's just. I mean, for me, being kind of just locked away in a studio for a week or ten days or two, whatever it is, just like flies by. Cause it's just you know, it's yeah. where where I, where I like to be the most, I think. <coughs> and it was it was really fun. It was a really fun recording process. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Do you do you find that you're the sort of person who needs? I suppose everyone is to a certain extent they need sort of complete seclusion no distractions but being out in that sort of relatively remote location do you feel like that kind of helped your creativity a little bit while recording the album yeah well I mean I think um, for us like we, we I think 
and particularly me I'm you know I get kind of worried about the idea of like wasting time in a studio or anything like that right especially you know you're paying for time and everything like that you've yeah, got, you've yeah, got to yeah. get a certain amount done so I think we were all <clears throat> pretty militant about kind of just drilling everything as hard as we could before we got in there so you weren't making many creative you know there's always some kind of decisions you make um, on a on a bit of a dime I think when you're in recording stuff but um, you know there weren't any big decisions being made in, in the studio everything was arranged everything was thought through um, and it kind of meant that we were able to really kind of just smash through the actual kind of basic tracking of all the songs right. um, so it meant that when we when it got time to do kind of vocals and harmonies and percussion and stuff like that that was kind of a bit more of a, a period where we were all able to kind of have a bit more fun and yeah. like just kind of go ah oh, you know and Neil was great as well with um, hearing like vocal harmonies and little kind of production flourishes he was able to add mm. in terms of extra textures and things um, which really really helped and I think m my kind of philosophy has always been to try and make it so that the songs sound really good in the most basic form possible you mm. know just guitar and a voice or whatever it still works in in that respect um, and I think if you do that then it means all that sort of stuff is just really like icing on the cake and you can really have fun because you're not you're not necessarily worried about you know we need to make this song work because it already sort of yeah. does but you can just you can add bits to it and, and embellish and, mm -hmm. and and that was a really really fun process yeah. I've, I've got an image of in my head just previously from from interviewing you guys and you know just hanging out of when it comes to things like you know the the little extra touches of you guys just dicking around in the studio <laughs> with like harmonies <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, I mean there was there was quite a lot. I of mean, that. No, nothing, no, no offence, man, with that. <laughs> no, but, you know, like <laughs> no, no, I mean there certainly was a lot of dicking about in general. Um, but no, I mean to be fair, I think we you know we can all get pretty focused when when we want to, um, and I think we were all yeah really keen to just just nail everything. Um, but like I said, once you get that initial kind of tracking done, you're at the bulk of the song there. Then it's just playing with cool sounds and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. It's just fun. You just, you know, um, it's you know like for me, it's it's it's, it's my favourite bit. It's hearing the song come together and things like that. Did you try anything out with any sort of? Because obviously you did guitars on the album. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously doing bass and Billy doing drums. Yeah. Did you play around with any sort of other instruments at all? Um, no, not really. Um, I think you know we had an idea that we wanted to keep the core of it just that kind of that that those three yeah. things you know um and try and do as much as we could with a little if that makes sense you, you know? don't want to take away from the riffs yeah yeah exactly don't want to distract from the riffs but i think i think we wanted to try and make you know i think for us one of one of the things we enjoy doing as well was making a song sound really good just in that in that basic format, mm. you know, you know, we'll always cheat a bit. We'll we'll double track guitars. We'll put yeah. extra rhythm guitars in the background. You know, all sorts of stuff like that. But generally speaking, I think we wanted stuff to sound good with that core, and because it, it's our debut album as well, I don't think we, you know, I think we wanted to to kind of emphasise that that's kind of what we're about, yeah. and that's sort of the sound of the band, um, and to and also to give us potentially some room going forward. I think you know, I really like the idea of bringing in extra stuff and there's you know there's little bits of keyboard and things here and there there on the album but yeah because you have dabbled in piano before obviously a little bit I, I don't I'm not sure we have actually no oh, okay. I don't think we haven't recorded I think there's like, there's been little kind of things maybe to like add a bit of texture every right, now and then yeah. but more is kind of like you know little 
extra extra bits rather than mm. the core of the song you know like a song playing piano I'm also not good enough at piano to be able to play a song on piano so <laughs> me neither that was, yeah that I, was I, one of the big reasons I haven't played I haven't really properly played piano since like year nine music class which was like a good ten years ago now right okay fair um, enough and uh, we had the shittest music t- like from year 10 from my music GCSE years onward yeah my secondary school music department was like turned around they got an awesome teacher uh, shout out Jane Bowen Melfi um, <laughs> like we're still in touch it's oh kinda, wow it's that's good like, yeah 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 um, I was a real teacher's pet to be honest but right. uh, before before her we had this man who literally he, he looked like a fucking penguin and, um, <laughs> like a penguin or, or the penguin a penguin right, okay. he looked like a penguin it was called Mr. Malkin Mr. Malkin yeah and um, um, and every every day uh, you'd go into music class or like twice a week and he'd do the same he'd do one of two things he'd go Rudd go, go over to the keyboards and uh, you're going to be playing a whim away and it's like as in a wimboe. Yeah. A wimboe. Oh wow. A wimboe. Do you do you mean like the lion sleeps tonight? Yes, yes, a wimboe. Or, or he'd do, or he'd just stick on a film and go listen to the soundtrack and make notes. Oh wow. Like, cool. Love to make notes on the the Committed. soundtrack of Ocean's Eleven. It's a pretty good soundtrack, to be fair. I, I mean, we're talking like the remake. You know, the, the heist movie soundtrack. Heist movie soundtrack. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm in my head. It's all kind of like. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, yeah. That's a great soundtrack. It's like the uh, what's that thing that J- John Williams did? The um, the People's Court. Dun, oh, dun, I don't dun, know that. Dun. Wait, what's that? It's, I think it's a theme tune that John Williams did. I don't know. What, I watched... for like a TV show? Or yeah, something? I think so. Really? Yeah. Was, he on, was he like hard up for money at the time or something? <laughs> I don't know. I think it may have been pre-Star Wars. Maybe it was a passion or... project. Yeah, maybe before he met Spielberg. Yeah, he just loves courts. <laughs> just loves the justice system. <laughs> I wanted to just like yeah, put music to it. So, um, uh, tell tell me a little bit about your brew. You went for the the green tea with. I went for the green t- jasmine. Was it was it with jasmine? With jasmine. Oh wow! Okay. Are you I'm just get- I'm trying to smell the jasmine? Are you trying to get? Yeah, the jasmine? oh, I can get the jasmine now. Right, yeah, okay. actually, yeah, well, well spotted. Well, thank you to the lovely people at. Ta- I don't know what I'm saying. Thank you to Tailors of Harrogate. They don't sponsor us. Do they not? I have no sponsorships. That's just that's that's a shame. That's just from my own. If, tea I mean, I cabin. feel like tea. Is tea an easy sponsorship to get? I don't know. I've never tried it. No, neither I feel like I. beer would be an easier sponsorship. I've had to expand brew to the, the, mean the definition tea. of brew. Yeah, to include brewski as well. Yeah, okay, fat yeah. bitch and brewski. Yeah, okay, the late night edition. Yeah, exactly. Post watershed. <laughs> bitch and brew after dark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bitch, bitch and brew's little brother. You have to give to the Patreon in order to get that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Once a week. <laughs> But we're sat here on the the roof of the joiners, which has now yeah. kind of become a regular uh, recording spot for Bitch and Brew. And it's weird. The, this this room that we're sort of stood outside has got a, a very sort of ominous red light in it. There's it like is, an old dead quite, arcade machine. Yeah, it's it, quite a slasher movie. I think we'll take the picture in there. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. By, the, by the creepy old machine. Are you are you a big horror movie fan? Uh, I'm. You know what? It's a bit weird. I. I really like like really kind of good scary films, like I, um, like I don't know, kind of ghosty sort of things. Right. right? Yeah. 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 Um, but when I was a kid, I used to like you know anything. I used to watch anything and was just like, yeah, you know, it's all horrible gore. You know, didn't really mind. As I've got older, I've become much more squeamish. Really. In, in terms of my gore kind of stuff, yeah. I remember kind of wanting to watch films when I was a kid because I was like, this is meant to be the most violent movie ever made. And now I'm just a bit like, oh, I don't really want to watch that. That yeah. sounds horrible. 
Yeah, I've, I've, I've become yeah a bit of a prude. I've I've been on a huge horror movie kick lately, where I've realised that I, like a lot of the classic horror movies I actually have never seen. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably similar to me. So, what 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 kind of horror movies are you talking? Like, okay, so we're talking like. So I went to this. This is over in enemy territory in Portsmouth, right? Okay, um, where I live now, and they've just launched. Uh, two guys have just launched a new horror movie club. Oh, I think I think I saw you post about this. Yeah, Facebook, yeah, the South actually. Sea Screams. Yes, which is amazing. If you live in Portsmouth, I definitely recommend it. But okay. South Sea Screams. Um, yeah, uh, just two guys. I think one of them's like a little DIY filmmaker, and one oh, of them's okay. just a really big film fan. I'm, not 100% sure on the validity of that but okay. they did their sort of I uh, imagine so he's putting on film nights he's probably going to yeah, be yeah. vaguely interested yeah, he will be a film fan among other yeah. things <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know they did their double feature screening of, of Poltergeist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre wow yeah okay. which are both directed by Toby Hooper who died last year and oh, so okay. that was like kind of their first thing and they're two very very different films they are they? very different yeah I remember watching, I watched Poltergeist a lot when I was Poltergeist sorry a lot when I was a kid I bet that's right up your street uh, I've seen yeah. the Arabella video you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it used to that, that, I found that pretty scary when I was a kid um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh, I think man. I watched later on um, and I can't remember how old it was I was maybe 15 something like that I remember kind of quite enjoying it at the time yeah. I think actually that falls into the category of stuff that I now don't really want to watch I don't know why I, it's a um, bit torture porny do you know what I mean yes I noticed because that film came out in what 74 I want to say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's like virgin on 45 years old now wow yeah since it was, was made quite nuts, isn't it? and it was made on like a shoestring budget with yep. like an unknown cast and I remember the last I remember like the first hour I was like okay this is this is pretty cheaply made and I didn't realise it was going to be like this sort of B-movie for the, for the yeah. esteem that it kind of holds as a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember being quite surprised by yeah, that. And yeah, and then the last half hour, so spoiler alert if you haven't seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, well, can a spoiler alert expire after a certain amount of I, years? I, yeah, I believe there's an expiration right, okay, date on, yeah. on that. So that, that bit where she thinks she's escaped but goes to the petrol station and, yes. and then she's dragged back to the house. Yes, horrible. From there onwards to the very end of the film is just tormenting. It's, yeah, Because it's it really basically is. just 45 minutes of screaming. Yeah, exactly. It's horrible. Yeah. It's actually, <laughs> yeah. I was there just like, fucking It's heck. unpleasant. This is like one of the scariest things I've ever seen when you think that film being 45 years old and the sort of the, the silliness that horror movies go in these days for uh-huh. scares you yeah. know I feel like I mean I, I'm, I'm you know obviously not a filmmaker I don't want to take anything away from anyone no. but um, I feel like to do something like that as a filmmaker it's maybe a bit you know to gross someone out with that much just like you know someone getting killed mm. horribly it's a bit maybe a bit cheap um, I think I think to be truly scared by something that you know, by a, you know a thing you can't even see or mm. something like that in a, in a film, um, is is way scarier. I mean, yeah. even something like you know, The Ring or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's not re- there's not re- there's no real violence in that. There's like mm. a horrible monster you see occasionally, but yeah, it's all the kind of other stuff surrounding it that makes that really scary. And I think that's for me that's probably a bit bit harder to do. Um, and I think with all that stuff, like I think maybe there was a real validity to pushing the boundaries of taste and you know like what's acceptable in cinemas and you know the X-rated films and super violence and all that. And I think that's like definitely had a value. Yeah. And I wonder if it has if it has a value anymore. Do you know what I mean? I feel it's sort of like 
it's kind of like you've gone as far as you can yeah and now it's just kind of like I, I don't see what I, what I get from it anymore. Um, so I tell you I, what you get from it these days: Jason Statham fighting a big fuck off shark. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing as well. I think that action movies have gone in that. I think Die Hard Four. I was so sad when I watched that because I felt that like it was that kind of ironic action film. Mm. Everything sort of like you know like awesome dude yeah. it's like man Die Hard 1 and 2 are like gratuitous flying a, a, driving a car yeah. up a ramp yeah. into a helicopter but big like, explosion yeah but like a bit kind of self knowing and it's like die, yeah Die Hard 1's amazing that's oh. such like a great film is it a Christmas film yeah, yeah. oh is it a Christmas film yeah I, yeah definitely yeah. Yeah. I've watched that Christmas yeah my favourite Christmas film is uh, Jingle All The Way me and my little brother Rory watch that every year. Fucking love that film. It's amazing. So good. It's 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 absolutely amazing. That, every Christmas Eve for me, it's got to be every Christmas Eve we watch Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, very nice yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, always cry in that, well, that film. Like we end up watching a bunch of weird fucking films on Christmas for some reason because like a few Christmas Eves ago, I'd never seen the Science of the Lambs. Oh, so you watched that on Christmas Eve? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then like the following day, we watched uh, like Captain Phillips. Oh. Oh, you wow. know the Tom Hanks one that's I like the really, that actually it's fucking great I've heard it's great yeah, yeah, but yeah. quite like heavy right yeah pretty heavy to watch because everyone places. just kind of quietly sat around eating yeah, Christmas just... lunch afterwards <laughs> I just think... with, a, with a box of quality street <laughs> <laughs> shaking their heads yeah I think we, we yeah we tend to actually we deviate a bit from our normal traditions depending on what people have got for Christmas mm. do you know what I mean someone gets a DVD yeah. everyone goes oh I quite fancy watching that actually and then you, you whack it in. I think we ended up watching The Hobbit, the last Hobbit movie. Oh, yeah, that... That was a bit of a stinker. A bit poo. A bit poo, yeah, yeah, quite poo. Yeah, God. it was... Um... <laughs> There's your two-word review. Yeah. <laughs> the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. Yeah. Quite poo. Quite poo, I give it two armies. <laughs> yeah, two armies, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was... Um, it was... Uh, yeah, just it was like one long battle, wasn't it? The whole thing. That's a good one. And then Billy Connolly rides up on a big pig. And yeah, yeah, that mean, was that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't really the Hobbit. They, I think they were all the second. The second one was better. Second one was thinking. the best of the three, in yeah, my opinion. But still not very good. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Was, I mean, but the, the the Lord of the Rings movies are amazing. Oh and they yeah. They still are. And two out of three. I don't like Two Towers. Don't like Two Towers. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, oh, so maybe really I need to give it a go. I, well, you know, you know, horses for courses, I suppose. But <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. Have you read the books? Uh, I tried when I was a kid, and I found them really boring. Yeah, me I'm too. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I kept <laughs> I was like, them. I love the film. I kept them because it was a really nice box that I got for Christmas. Fair and I, was like, I looked at the uh, price, and I was like. 45 quid yeah I'll keep that yeah yeah it makes, <laughs> makes you look well read as well nice yeah, to have exactly. that lying around the yeah house. exactly next yeah. to The Dirt by Motley Crue <laughs> <laughs> all the teenage classic so, so intellectual yeah have you tried reading that recently um I'll tell you what I, I must admit I haven't actually read it my dad's got it and I'm going to borrow it off of him right yeah it's pretty it's pretty heavy man yeah like when I was a kid I was like I must I'm, I'm you know for the record I'm a huge fan of Motley Crue's first two albums in particular so Too Fast for Love and Girls 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 Girls. no Shout of the Devil Shout of the Devil right yes number two and I love those albums I'm a huge Dr. Feelgood fan right that's that's a great that's Mm. also a great album but for me just those first two like I still you know exquisite but 
Uh, and when I was a kid, I loved those. I loved the book. I loved the dirt. And I was like, wow, these cool rock star guys. <laughs> but man, if you read it now, like, yeah. it's not, it's really not cool. A lot of Is the, it quite uh, deplorable? It's very deplorable. Yeah. And I think it came out during, like, not only did it happen in a time where that sort of stuff was kind of pretty acceptable, but mm. the book came out. I must have been, I was at school, so I must have been about 15. So this was about, fuck, nearly. 50, nearly like 14 years ago it would have been so what, right. what's that my maths is terrible 2004 2004 2004 yeah. around then good year good year great year great year for books and uh, that year I guess it still was, was considered pretty accept, you know, acceptable all that stuff it was like you know the debauchery of rock, rock and all that yeah. sort of stuff and yeah reading it now it's pretty nuts man mm. like the Marilyn Manson book as well yeah, I started reading that recently, and well, it was it was on a friend's shelf right, while yeah. I was waiting for the they kind of let me into their house, and uh, Just, while I was waiting for them, I was like, oh, Manson. I read the first chapter, and it's all about his granddad's basement or whatever. Yeah, I mean but, stuff. You know, you know, I think there, there's just a really good element. I mean, I, to be honest, I have to be honest, I haven't read this book. This is, I think, Billy's read it, and I think Will's read it as well, and they've talked about it with right. me a lot. And there is still a lot of kind of good stuff in it. But yeah, all that side of it, the kind of, you know, crazy stuff they do on tour and stuff, it's, it's really bad. Yeah. yeah it's really, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't age well, all that sort of stuff. So sad seeing someone like Marilyn Manson just falling apart. Yeah. Lately. I mean, when you I think, think of how really massively influential to, he's been. Yeah, I think anyone, any, any of those kind of, you know, like, enfant terrible kind of people who made a name for themselves as being so, like, controversial and crazy and it's really hard to kind of I mean I think Eminem's probably another example of someone who's you know he put out this new album recently I don't think many I haven't, people I haven't listened to it right. I, I gave up on Eminem like you yeah. know so long ago yeah I think when you're I mean, I'm not taking anything away from either of those no they're both absolutely amazing but um, it must be quite hard to kind of like you know, where do you take that being the kind of most controversial person in music or whatever? Mm. You know, um, and yeah, I think someone like Marilyn Manson. I mean, obviously, he's still doing great, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I really I'm not interested. Yeah, anymore. I think that was why I kind of always am very grateful for the fact that yeah, his albums may not have been amazing, but at least Rob Zombie's been consistently like you know, yeah, an awesome human being. He yeah, just, he's he's he kind of like a, to he kind seems of keep like a cool dude. Yeah, Rob I saw Zombie. him at Download last year. I actually, oh, really, I saw Will in the crowd for during, Rob Zombie for Rob Zombie. Oh, really? When I was walking through trying to find, <coughs> I was trying to find my uncle. Right. Um, okay. And yeah, he looked pretty. Um, pretty battered <laughs> was this was this last year this was last year right okay I think he went by himself last year we didn't but he play. looked very sort of glassy eyed as well so. sounds like Will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not implying anything <laughs> disclaimer disclaimer yeah I haven't I, I must say I haven't really listened to much Rob Zombie his I, last album was really good came out about two years ago oh really yeah okay. um, I, it's got a really long winded title right okay um, is it kind of in my head he's kind of a like you know like rockabilly drag no, drag racing kind yeah. of 
mean Dracula. guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's all that kind of stuff, right? I, I was brought up on Hellbilly Deluxe. We, oh, okay. We've spoken about Rob Zombie on this podcast that's, before. If I, I, think if I had to with, guess what his album would be called, that's exactly what I would have Hellbilly said. Hellbilly Deluxe, yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough. <laughs> but at least you kind of know it's always meant to be a bit B-movie boom, boom horror, a bit, little yeah, bit of shit. Yeah, you exactly, know, yeah, yeah. Whereas Marilyn Manson, that wasn't really the point, though. He was genuine like, yeah, shock yeah. factor. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's, I think, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there, and I think someone like Alice Cooper's actually been able to kind of maintain his career. I mean, obviously, I've, I mean, I've listened to his albums for a very long time, you know, in no. terms of newer ones he's put out. Yeah. But he's kept this thing going because there is a silliness to it. There's a pantomime kind of vaudeville-ness. And I suppose there is... Vaudeville, yes, well. that's a wonderful way of putting it, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like a sideshow almost. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I think you can get older and do that. And I think, I'm sure, you know, obviously Marilyn Manson does in his own way as well, but you're right, there was... Because he was a bit more serious and and someone like Alice Cooper was seemed a bit silly so that kind of you're able to kind of keep that going maybe mm. a bit easier that's a bit more convincing at an, yeah. at an older age rather than someone genuinely being like I'm the fucking antichrist <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know I'm not sure about that all right everybody it's just Danny here dropping in just to remind you that if you haven't done so already please subscribe to Bitch and Brew we go out on uh, four um, official platforms if you will we go out on our Apple Podcasts we go out on SoundCloud we go out on Acast and just recently we've started going out on Spotify you can go back listen to all the old episodes of Bitch and Brew on Spotify if that is your chosen platform I know it is for a lot of people listening to podcasts these days so I thought I'd break into that market a little bit uh, as ever the link to subscribe is in the bio and uh, you know if you really like what we're doing then obviously it'd be amazing if you left a little review on Apple Podcasts um, uh, just sort of you know it doesn't even have to be a five star just a positive review if you are feeling positive about this podcast um, other ways you can support this podcast go and like me on uh, the Bitch and Brew page on Facebook uh, go and follow me on Twitter um, and on Instagram as well I won't go through all the usernames here I'll just stick them in the bio so you can just click the link to go and follow me or or give me the thumbs up, that sort of thing. I know I mentioned briefly in the last episode uh, about uh, the fact that I was probably going to set up a Patreon just so if you if you really really like the podcast uh, then you can maybe just go and uh, you know chuck, chuck me a couple of quid I'm basically saving up to get some better recording gear uh, so I don't have to record this on my iPhone all the time so yeah if you uh, if you really like this podcast uh, I haven't quite got around to looking at all the sort of uh, legalities and logistics of setting up a sort of crowdfunding thing uh, but uh, you know and also I, I don't know what I can sort of offer as an extra incentive so really it's just kind of if you like this and you want to support it then just chuck me a couple of quid like I said it's all very much an idea at the moment that I'm yet to actually uh, sort of formulate into anything solid so just stay tuned to the socials for that and uh, I'm also going to be looking probably in the new year at this point um but it might work well as a great late christmas present for someone to finally make some bitchin' brew mugs so you can enjoy a nice tea or a hot chocolate or a coffee or maybe a mug of wine while you enjoy uh, my dulcet tones on this podcast um we're gonna crack right back on with the second half of my chat with jock from puppy in just a second uh wanted to play another clip from another track that's coming from puppy's debut album uh, like i said earlier puppy 
Sharpie's debut album is coming out on January 25th. It's called The Goat, and it's coming out on Spine Farm Records. And it's available for pre-order now. Again, there'll be another link in the description uh, to go and pre-order it. There's a there's a really nice-looking sort of baby pink vinyl that kind of matches the artwork uh, for The Goat. And there's obviously things like CDs you can pre-order it on, digital download. Um, and there's tons of cool merch bundles as well. They've got, you know, outside of the sort of norm of the T-shirts and the long sleeves they do have that sort of thing but they also have um, a football shirt for sale a special puppy football shirt which looks super cool I'm not even into football but I dig it they've got a skate deck puppy actually have a skate deck now they've not got a debut album out yet but they've got a skate deck oh well, I suppose it's tied into the debut album I don't skate I'll be honest with you I like you know I the last time I skated when I was about seven years old I had a, a Darth Maul uh, skateboard that I could probably stay on for a grand total of about three seconds down the tiniest of ramps. I was really shit at it. My balance is fucked. I, I can't lie, I'm not a skater, but if I did skate, I know I would want to go out and skate on a on a puppy skate deck and and rip it up. I don't know the skating lingo, so if any skateboarder friends are uh, sort of offended uh, by by that, then I do apologise. I just I don't skate. Um, I tell you what I do collect though, and that's cassettes and puppy. His debut album, The Goat, is coming out on cassette as well, because obviously, well, 90s. Um, so yeah, we're going to crack on with the second half of my chat with Joel Norton, uh, right after um, another clip uh, from Puppy. This is a single that they actually put out last year. Again, they're ending their sets on this now, and it's just absolutely huge. Uh, so go and check out the full track online. It's got a brilliant video as well. Uh, if you like the sound of this, this is Puppy with Demons. I suppose that that kind of makes quite a nice segue. Would have made a nice segue five minutes ago if we stayed on the subject of movies, but right. that's how bitch and brew goes, you know. Sure. But um, uh, you know, on the, on the subject of movies and of sort of imagery, one one thing I've noticed with the last few puppy videos, it's been very very strong on the sort of imagery and aesthetic. Right yeah. now, I'm not an authority on the occult right. or. Or magic with a right. with a K with a K, with a K. The Crowley I, I, type. Yeah, no, I, I was listening to a brilliant, brilliant podcast. Shout out Dan P. Carter's podcast, right? Uh, okay. Swim. Uh, yeah. He was doing a really awesome podcast with Manuel from Zia Lanada. Okay, who's you know like you know black metal sort of. Uh, is that the kind of the bluesy sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've so heard them. They're cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's essentially where he went on 4chan and someone said to mix like chain gang music. So music sort of rooted in African American slavery, yeah, and then black metal, right? Fucking incredible! You'd, yeah. you'd love it as well. It's yeah, well, I did. It's I, well I heard a little bit, and I thought it was really cool. Yeah, so, it was a really interesting mix to yeah. come up with. And he was saying, you know, it's like it's it's cool if someone you know does like a skim read online to go, oh, that symbol actually looks kind of cool. We're gonna use that and kind of look into the sort of basic meaning of it. Uh huh. Um, what what would you would you say that you are particularly fascinated by? 
the the subjects of you know the occult and magic and well, those sort of more esoteric uh-huh. themes. Well, I think personally, like um, n- not beyond an aesthetic level. Mm. Like I, you know, those things have always been elements of stuff that I've always been into growing up. You know, musically, you know, being into like rock and metal. That sort of imagery is always about you know f- fantasy books and dungeons and dragons and sh- you know there's always that that kind yeah. of element to it right so that was i think in that level like you know like oh that kind of stuff's kind of cool like yeah. but i wouldn't explore it beyond beyond that but i think I can, it's unfortunate billy's not here to sp- speak for himself but i think no because billy's made well he made he's made most of your music videos him, thus far him and will have just yeah will, turns, will, made, really. will made the black hole video right will made that yeah yeah, yeah. um billy made demons um and beast and well. Beast, yeah. yeah. Will made, well, so Will made, Will made the one for um, Arabella. Um, made the one for Entombed. He so made, they kind of share it between them. And yeah, they, yeah, just between those mm. two. And I think it's, it, it, it works really well. I think no one understands the band better than us. So yeah, like, um, having a kind of visual representation of of um, of what of what that is, you know, this, that's the way to do it. It's just yeah. going from within, and we're so lucky to have both of them. Um, really talented in that respect as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's wicked. I think it's a really important facet of the band. Actually, um, is being able to kind of put ourselves across properly. So I think from 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 day one, we were quite keen not. To, we didn't want to kind of be this like, you know, moody rock band. Even if there's elements of the sound which are a bit like that, it didn't really feel like us. Mm. So I think we wanted to put something across that was a bit more representative of what yeah. we're about. Yeah. Yeah, and bringing in sort of those satanic elements yeah and yeah and, and like, again in that kind of you know and to go back to something like Motley Crue like their second album Shout the Devil like obviously is that just the one with just a pentagram on the cover yeah that's the one I think the original cover had like pictures of all four of them I think the pentagram's in the back maybe yes yeah yeah you're now. right yeah but yeah I think um, yeah like even that you know that's got all that kind of satanic imagery and even in the sound you know it's all that sort of like it's all like kind of weird little kind of evil sounding semi-tone riffs and it's all there like and, and uh, you know Early Aussie, I think, is another good example of that. Like yeah. the Blizzard of Oz stuff and um, uh, like Bark at the Moon has that kind of it's that kind of eighties gothic, slightly gothicy mm. kind of occult thing. And I think going into just, stuff like Sisters of Mercy, uh, yeah, like I suppose typo so. negative. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I don't think that either of those are particularly big influences on us. As no, band, not but, sonically. But yeah, but of, yeah, I think yeah, just you know, it's that same kind of like pool of mm. kind of um, in, you know inspiration to draw from. Um, but like I said, I think like it's unfortunate that Billy's not here to speak for himself because I think he's Billy's an artist as well, and I think <clears throat> in a lot of his work he looks at stuff like um, stuff to do with you know. Uh, uh, mysticism in in a, f- a few different ways. Yeah. Um, I think he's quite interested in it in quite a kind of serious way. So um, I'm sure with him doing something like Demons, for instance, um, which has a lot of that in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was there was probably a bit more going on than what would be my kind of cursory right, okay. enjoyment of the yeah. of the well maybe aesthetic. we'll get him on for an, another time perhaps, yeah yeah you know. for sure I'd love to be more of an authority on because it does seem fascinating I, yeah maybe I was a little bit I was you know because it was obviously still aesthetically you know sa- you know satan and yeah, yeah, pentagrams yeah. oh it looks so cool yeah and yeah sorcery but it does have a very sort of serious rooting in in religion still and sure still very serious uh, yeah, I, for some people yeah yeah and i mean i must admit like i'd love to be <coughs> an authority on that matter and read read the books and uh-huh. listen to the podcasts and stuff but yeah 
I'd love to have more of a memory retention to be like an authority on the matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, because I feel like there's only so many hours in the day. You know, yeah. I, I think I think it, for me, it's one of those things. You go, oh, you know, it'd be cool to know a bit more about that, and then yeah, I just I just don't. <laughs> you know, it's not, it doesn't it doesn't really uh, appeal to me that much. Um, yeah, and you know, for me, it's again, it's just kind of an asset thing, which I think we borrow from sometimes, um, like you know, most rock and metal I think like yeah. I don't think everyone who's who's into that or end a show with the pentagram on it knows what it's what it's no. about you know in terms of you know like Wicca you know religion and shit like that like, yeah yeah know, just, just just a cool oh yeah skull. No, of course yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool looking skull yeah exactly well, speaking of cool looking things obviously I saw your soundtrack earlier and I heard a new song which I assume is on the new album it is yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, I saw after you did the soundtrack you were setting up your <laughs> Pyrotechnics. Yeah, pyrotechnics. So the the the, the, the um, well, what material is it? It's like a chiffon almost, isn't something it? like that. Like a chiffon pink flames, which obviously matches the aesthetic of the album yeah. artwork and the sort of campaign surrounding that. I think that was kind of luck. I'm not. I don't, I don't even know knew what colour it was, and then it came like shortly before we went on tour. We were like, guys, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna really spend some cash here. We've got to make these shows memorable. Yeah. So we ended Get up some production. Exactly. Yeah. And then they look wicked, actually. Yeah. Really, really happy with. So Someone come dressed as the goat. I wish, I wish it, it was a lot of uh, prosthetics to get that sorted. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think we could have, we could afford to do it again. <laughs> I'd love to like. Do you think? Well, imagine if it turned up in the post and it was like uh, flashing multicolors, like a disco. Yeah, <laughs> disco we were sort of worried it would be. To be honest, I think we've done that before. We've ordered. <laughs> stuff before which you've gone like oh this is going to look great on stage we'll use it <laughs> and it's arrived and it looks like you know a crap Halloween uh, like prop mask or whatever um, how, how do you think that could expand do you reckon it I basically think you could expand it to the point at which in two tours time your um, your sort of production on stage will look like uh, an early noughties gadget shop <laughs> you remember those shops where you could buy fucking lava lamps yes yeah and, that's the um, idea and uh, what, are the, what are those um, what are those glass uh, balls where you, you could... touch it it looks like electricity's coming yeah. to you yeah 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 a few of those <laughs> go over and touch them occasionally you look like you've been electrocuted <laughs> big, big plastic tubes with the um, uh, with the little plastic fish in them yes. and yeah 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 that's the idea I think we're going to they just pick stuff up at like discount uh, gadget stores around the UK. Just a little car r- going around your feet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Air fresheners or whatever, anything we can find. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, the riffs are nasty, but it's got to smell nice. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've been in a van for a week. We don't want people to, be, to, to stand too far away from the stage. A nice pine scent would, I think, yeah. lure them in slightly more. Well, you, you, I must say, you don't smell particularly bad after being on the road for a few that's, days. That's sweet. Are you guys quite? Sorry, I made that sound really weird. No, no, no. I'm Um, I'm generally. Are are you guys quite clean on tour or uh, quite messy? What's what's the sort of van vibe like? Uh, The van's slightly messy, and I think I mean we're just our own worst enemies, really. Like we kind of will be really messy and then complain that everything's really messy. In in the evening, after we've played a show and we've had a few beers, it's like. We don't care, and it's like, oh, I'll get a McDonald's, and like, oh, we'll just put it on the floor. Mm. And the next day, we 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 just transformed these people who hated the people we were last night. And we're like, oh, I smell horrible, and everything's the van's full of McDonald's and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, we just kind of, and then we get really annoyed at each other for having done that the night before, and then it just, the cycle repeats. So yeah, pretty much kind of um, a bit of both. We, we're a bit of both, but uh, I mean, we're you know we're like we've been 
touring in various bands, I guess, for, for quite a while. So mm. I think we try and be, although, you know, never as much as with Puppy, but um, yeah, I think we try and keep it kind of vaguely as clean as, clean as we can. Mm. How much time have we got? Have we got another few minutes? Sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah, right, yeah. Cool, I'm cool. Happy to be it. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the album because cool. so I'll cut this bit out, but you yeah, know, no worries. <laughs> Leave it in. No edits. <laughs> totally raw. Totally raw, V. <laughs> no disclaimers. <laughs> no bleeping. Well, no, none this of the after dark version. <laughs> this is this is this is a bit brisky. You're gonna leave this one. In. <laughs> no one's dropped a seed bomb yet, so I think we're all right. No, because they're the only words I bleep out. Oh, okay. Which was quite fun when I had palm reader on here. <laughs> <laughs> they're naughty boys. <laughs> well, no, let's let's talk about the goat because sure. at the time we were recording this. Uh, well, it's been like a week since you announced that it's fucking finally coming out. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It, it must be quite weird considering that. Well, you say you uh, sort of did a full wrap on it earlier this year. You said March around March. Well, I think time. March we finished kind of initial mixing, um, and then we did. There was kind of more mixing done. Mm. I think um, we wanted to go. There was one song that we didn't record from the kind of initial batch of demos, which is actually when we were playing earlier at Soundcheck, um, which just kind of got glazed over and I think uh, when we were kind of going over everything one of the, one of the things that was so good about um, Spine Farm which is the, the label we're with yeah. is that um, I think up to um, up to recording this album obviously we just done everything ourselves you know we'd, we'd worked with a very small label for the first EP and the second one wasn't, wasn't on a label we just put it out ourselves yeah. um, so this, the start and the end point had been us and I think uh, we were kind of used to going like you know like we'll record the five songs job done whack it out um, and get you know you just want to put stuff you want to keep this, keep momentum up that's the first I mean? EP you had that sort of mindset and the or? second yeah, right, okay. yeah so we just kind of just, just do it just do it and I think with this one I think we were encouraged to kind of take our time a bit more and kind mm. of go like and Dante, the head of the label, and, and everyone at the label. Dante Benito. Dante Benito, yeah, yeah. yeah. Living legend. Living legend, yeah. And he was he was so amazing, man. Like, he was really like, you know, there's no point, you know, if you, if you think there's another song you want to record or whatever, go do it. Like, mm. you don't want to look back at this album and go like, oh, I wish we'd done that, I wish we'd done that. And he really encouraged us to just, you know, leave so, no stone unturned was kind of his his uh, philosophy. And it was great. It meant we really got to record all the songs we we demoed, um, and I think we come up with with something really good. I mean, it's it's twelve tracks, um, which is pretty long. Um, yeah. But I think we want not. It's not like you know, use illusion one and two, but it's uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, well, like every every song is twenty minutes long. No, yeah, yeah, they're, they're pretty they're pretty snappy, but um, yeah. Um, so the, the, anyway, just to go back to what yeah, the original sorry. question. Um, that, yeah, we um, we sort of wrapped it up, and there was a bit more we wanted to do, and extra bits of mixing, extra bits of recording. So we didn't really wrap it until like, we didn't hand the masters till shortly before the single came out. Actually, fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was a long, long process. So yeah. I was going to ask because it seems like it's been such a long time since you did the initial when you were down here initially and did the initial track. And uh-huh. did it become quite frustrating for you that you just wanted to kind of get the album out, or were you yeah, kind of like a little bit more like, hey, we've got we've got the time to do this and the you know the label are backing us to take mm-hmm. our time on this and yeah. uh, to make sure it's really really good I think there's elements of both really I think um, uh, you know at time like within you know people are people and emotions happen and you know things change and, and uh, I think you know occasionally you'd be like oh, I just want to put it out I just want to put it out and then you know you'd think better of it and go like well actually no let's do this and you kind of go back and forth a bit like with anything I think and especially with something you care about so much you know mm. um 
because yeah you know sometimes you get worried you're like oh you know no one's going to even care when the album comes out and then you go like well no one's going to care if it's not as good as it can be um, and you know I think yeah there was a lot of like emotion I think during that, that process but um, I th- like I said I think in the end it was all for the best um, I think we've ended up with something um, which everyone's really excited about and I think it, it, you know in terms of us and the yeah. label and uh, you know, people working with the band and stuff and I think that's that's the most important thing really um, and you know obviously now we've still quite a while away it's January it's coming out yeah um, so we put out a few songs before then and stuff like that um, but the reaction to Black Hole has been really good I think people are into it and I and I'm not just saying this to blow smoke I fucking love Black Hole oh mate thanks very much honestly <laughs> you, know, and I, you know I'll be honest about it you know um, what, one thing, one thing I really did notice about Black Hole is is with the production and and particularly with your vocal performance, it sort of seems like you're a little bit higher up in the mix and uh-huh. there's less kind of less kind of uh, pay, maybe like effects on your voice, like a little less little less reverb or you know yeah, like probably did, yeah. did you did you find that you had sort of grown more confident as a performer between. Certainly. Uh, b- between, you know, uh, Volume 2 and the, and the recording of The Go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Volume 2 is a long time ago. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, like, touring a lot, um, spending a lot of time just with, you know, with each other and, 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 and you know, writing music and playing music and touring and everything. Um, always a lot of feedback coming from downstairs That's now. all right, that's <laughs> all right. But, yeah, um, that was a really kind of... Um, that, w- that was a big thing I think I think we all grew in confidence as musicians you know Will's voice is a lot more uh, present on this album as well um, which is something we really wanted to capture he actually sings lead on one of the tracks as well wow that's album. fucking awesome yeah yeah which I think was something we'd always kind of like thought was a really cool idea so it was wicked to be able to do that um, does he go like full black metal uh, no he he's doesn't. always the one in the dark throne t-shirt <laughs> yeah. some, like you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that would be great well, it yeah. sounds like goal from Gorgoroth like <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, it, it sounds like you're pretty good at it. If you ever want to, if you ever want to get in the booth, yeah. do a little guest, get a little guest spot. <laughs> no, he's got. I mean, Will's, Will's a great singer, man. Um, you know, one, that was one of the things that really um, got us excited about working together was 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 how good he was at singing and, and obviously like kind of harmonies and all that sort of stuff is quite a big part of the sound of the band. So it was really cool to be able to showcase that a bit more, I think, and have have I think each each of our character coming through a bit more because I think yeah. on, on the Volume two. I don't think Will was in the band at that point, so I think I just tracked. Oh wow, myself. really? Yeah, yeah. When we recorded it, so oh, I, just, I, never, I, just I thought it was it always this three. No, 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 no. Oh. Will came in later on, um, so that was a lot more of just me. So it was a lot more of my voice. And I think you know we just knew less. We were doing it on a shoestring budget. We're still really happy with those songs, but mm. we didn't have you know like the kind of time and the kind of investment of like um, someone like Neil, you know, doing a lot of recording with us. Um, and uh, yeah, so he really um, Will's just in a window now, looking at me. Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> uh, Sorry, uh, podca- his, his ears were burning. Pod- podcast party people, I think <laughs> Will is uh, trying to find some milk. He's trying to find milk. Milk. Is that what's happening? Like the Cravendale lads. Hello, Will. You milk. Right? I haven't got the milk. I haven't got any milk. Mate. I think it's down the bar. Will Michael there? Well, yeah, loves his milk. <laughs> big, his big strong bones on that boy. Be- before we stop recording and go and have some cake, yeah, because um, not to blow smoke up my own ass now, but I make cake. 
Um, I'm very thankful for it. It's it, a it was it was a challenge pretty. because obviously you're vegan, yeah. and vegan food comes up a lot on this podcast, despite the fact that I ain't meat. Right, okay. <laughs> like you know, but a lot of my guests are vegan, so yeah. you know, it's, it's vegan uh, veganism does come up quite a lot. But that's nothing to do with what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I think it's been the first time since I put together this uh, this list that I made. Basically, when the excerpts played here at the Joiners back in March, they had loads of wicked '80s music. Oh wow! On okay. on, on before. Okay, they had so a List. Yeah, while, while we were waiting for the band to come on, um, I ended up making a small, uh, it's like a mini album compilation of let's take all the great Brit rock bands okay. at the moment right. and give them an 80s, essentially like punk goes pop but not shit. Okay, what, like as, as, a song for each band, is yeah. that what you're saying? Oh, okay, cool. So Who's I, on there so far? Well, you're on there. Oh, we're I, on I, there. Yeah, and I don't know why I picked this one. It might be because, I mean, this is before Weezer. Right, okay. So, um, you know, I, I don't know why I picked it. Maybe because I thought, you know, the memes would be great or <laughs> or the fact that I think you'd make it sound like a fucking pool bear or song or something. <laughs> but I picked Africa by Toto. Hey, that's a great song. I, I was, how I how would you feel about that? About 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 singing it? About Yeah, about covering it. About covering it. I mean, I think, you know, like you said, I think, unfortunately, we've been beaten, beaten to the punch by Weezer now. Um, but I would, I would, uh, I would struggle. I think the timing is really weird on that yeah. song. It's that there's like weird. You'd have to do some finger tapping as well. Probably, yeah, 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 and sing really high. I yeah. think the vocals are really high on that song. It's a toughie. Well, it's, I'd, you know, I'd give it my best shot. Uh, have you heard Toto then covered Hashpipe? Yes, which I is have fucking heard that. Great. Yeah, yeah, that was an amazing um, reply. Well, this I, I made this list ages ago. So um, uh, Arcane Roots. Yep. Rest in peace. Yeah. Pull one out. Yeah. Um, I gave them in the air tonight. What are they? What, what? They split up last week. Oh, did they? Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Gutted, mate. Oh, yeah, they were doing well. In the air tonight by Phil Collins, I gave them because I reckon oh, they make okay. it really ambient and yeah, pretty epic. That's nice. Uh, I gave uh, Jamie Lenman uh, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Oh, wow. Okay, very cool. I reckon he'd bring his own little unique. Yeah, spin on that. Lemon esque charm to it. Yeah. Um, Marmosets, I gave Papa Don't Preach by Madonna. Oh, wow. Can you That's... imagine Becca belting that one yeah, out? Yeah, that would be great. She'd nail that. I gave, I gave Don Broco Rio by Duran Duran. Okay, also an amazing you know, song. Funky. Yes, yeah, that would be very cool. I gave Creeper the Love Cats by The Cure. Okay, yeah, a bit of a kind of gothy vibe yeah. there. Yeah. I, well, I think I maybe should give them some Depeche Mode or some Sisters of Mercy or something. That would also be good. Yeah. But yeah, Love Cat, can't be Love Cat, it's a great yeah. song. Um, nervous, <laughs> I gave uh, Take On Me by Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's, that, that's yeah. a tough one to see. Well, I know that M just loves Scar, so... Yeah, okay, so it's, okay fair enough. Yeah. Um, there's two more. I gave 99 Red Balloons to Milk Teeth. Oh, wow. That would be cool. I bet they'd nail that. Isn't there kind of... Is there's there a, there's a Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yes, yes okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And then finally, the excerpts, because yes. what kind of inspired me to do this list, I gave them Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Oh, yeah, they nail that. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of our favourites. Me and Will like singing Jesse's Girl together a lot. I don't know what... I think we changed the lyrics to be about stupid things, and I can't remember what they are now. Very well, stupid things. Very stupid things, yeah. Uh, probably to do with... Uh, Sock Norton and things like that. I wish that I had milk! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably singing that right now in the next room. Yeah. A big issue for him. All right.
Alrighty then, that was Bitchin' Brew episode number 31. Thank you very much to Jock from Puppy for his time. Happy birthday once again, mate. Um, he's just a great dude from a great band who write great riffs and and do really great memes as well. They do Their meme game is very, very strong. If you don't follow them on social media, honestly, just some of the best, um, some of the best hashtag content out there on the internet at the moment. Um, some very promising content coming from them, like I've said throughout this podcast. Their debut album is called The Goat, and it's going to be out on January 25th, 2019 on Spine Farm Records. Sure to be one of the sort of uh, breakout releases of 2019, I suppose you could call it. Well, they're going to be one of the breakthrough bands, and uh, I think it's a very highly anticipated release for them. I've certainly been waiting for it for, for a very long time. I know a lot of other people have as well. And you know what? After recording this and going home, I'm going to go and listen to the new puppy album at long last because not to be that guy but I, I do have it in my inbox I just haven't taken the time to listen to it um you know because I'm a, just a real dick like that um go and see puppy live because I caught them uh, pretty much obviously straight after we recorded this um they always put on an amazing show and it's getting to that point now where they start to put on an actual you know sort of a production um as we spoke about on the podcast so if you're listening to this on the day I'm putting it out or on the week I'm putting it out, 1st of November, uh, they are opening for Creeper at the Coco in London. Unfortunately, I can't make it up and I'm super gutted because it looks like this Creeper show is going to be really, really special. I always hate missing a Creeper show, but unfortunately, life is just getting in the way. I can't make it up. So yeah, Puppy and Creeper at the Coco. Oh, and also get there early check out the opening band it's a new two-piece called delare the liar honestly uh they've got a a brilliant um uh, ep out now which the name totally escapes me i'm sorry lads i want to get them on the podcast in the near future but a very very promising duo indeed there's just lots of great duos out at the moment isn't there um but yeah puppy um are also going on tour with king 810 they're going around the uk um throughout november and december it's a big old tour um um, supporting King 810. I'm very uh, happy because it's stopping by uh, about 15 minute walk from my house. So it should be a lovely, lovely time. I'll brave the cold for that one for sure. I've never seen King 810 before, but um, I've heard super interesting things uh, about their live show. And if you are listening uh, in Europe on the mainland, mainland pals, uh, listen up, they're going to be touring with Monster Magnet, which is a fucking crazy thing to say, puppy touring with Monster Magnet, but it's actually happening, uh, that's going to be throughout January and February 2019, they've got some busy ass times ahead, it's like four straight months of touring and an album release, so you know what, that's just killer for puppy, and uh, they're lovely lads who deserve all the good things that are coming their way in the next few months. Um, right, let's uh, let's wrap this up uh, very shortly. Before I go, just want to say a little bit about the next episode, episode number 32 of the podcast. Um, I'm probably going to put um, it out in about maybe two, three weeks' time, depending on how busy life is. Um, certainly the first part of it. Now, I'll explain why. Obviously, I've alluded to this podcast uh, on social media, and I think I mentioned it on the last episode as well. Um, I got the man, the myth, the legend that is my dad, Mark Bomber Randon, uh, on the podcast, and we ended up having a chat for two and a half hours. So I think I'm actually going to have to put this one out as a two-parter. It's a bit of a rarity, but I'll do it. Um, and uh, it's honestly... 
it's one of the best podcasts I've ever done. Um, and some people sent some questions in, which uh, was very awesome. Much appreciated. Thank you if you sent some questions in. So, yeah, I'll be putting uh, the first part of that out mid-November and then the uh, second part of that probably towards uh, probably the week after or something. More details on that um, when I when I know more. So just stay tuned to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram all that gubbins um and then we'll probably be looking ahead to the albums of the year special which is always one of my favorite times of the year um that's about it from me so uh, there's only one more thing to do on this podcast and that's to uh, bring you the exclusive premiere of the new single from a band called sibling uh, this track is called heal um if you don't know much about sibling they are a four piece from the southeast of england um you may know their singer uh, benio's old band hindsights and their guitarist sam does an awesome podcast as well uh, which is called life don't stop uh, in a sort of similar vein to vich and brew awesome sort of conversational stuff so um you know if you haven't checked that out go and check it out um the band sibling uh, an amazing EP in 2017. Uh, it was called Dream You Away. And then uh, something really, I, I loved the EP at first, and then something really clicked. Uh, when I saw them on tour later in 2017, they, they were on tour with Daisyhead and they came to Southampton. And uh, when I saw them live, they were just it was so layered and so nuanced but it had this incredible catchiness to it i'm dying to see them live again so hopefully they're going to be doing some more live shows down this way um in the near future and at long last we have new music from them uh this one was recorded with um bob cooper um a just an incredible producer he's obviously worked with uh, some friends of the podcast before the likes of I Told You I'd Eat You and uh, and Nervous as well did the last Nervous album which is definitely going to be mentioned uh, in the end of the year in my albums of 2018 special Um, so I'm going to have to get Bob on the podcast in the near future I think he's based out north so I might have to travel up for that one and see if we can get Bob on for a chat Um, honestly let's go back to sibling Um, Uh, If you want to keep track of Sibling, I would recommend you go and like their Facebook page, go and follow them on Twitter, uh, because you're going to want to keep an eye on this band as they go into 2019. Um, If, of course, you are in a band, I should mention this, I love doing this sort of thing. I love premiering tracks and giving the band that platform so it feels really cool for them. They can feel like they can say to their friends, oh, someone is actually premiering our song. We're not just putting it out ourselves and trying to do it on our own i mean you know there's there's a level of respect for doing that but if you want to have that super cool thing of saying yeah our track's being premiered somewhere then i do that i do that all the time on the podcast and i'm more than happy uh to have a chat with you about that so um best way to do it is maybe just to ping me a tweet or to send me a message on facebook i do have an email address um so grab a pen if you're interested Uh, my email address is b dot brewcast brewcast all one word at gmail.com so get in touch if you're in a band you've got some music that you want to put out through the podcasts then uh, through the podcasts singular podcast sorry it's uh, been a long day um enough of the waffling from me 
This has been Bitchin' Brew Podcast. Again, subscribe, leave a nice review, stay tuned for episode 32 with my dad. Um, and uh, thanks again to Jock from Puppy for his time and his uh, and for the banter. Um, thank you very much. Bitchin' Brew Podcast, episode number 31, another one in the bag. And I'm going to leave you in the more than capable hands of Sibling and their new track. This is called Heal. Peace out. Between the fountain and the bridge And a cigarette